God is good. All the time. We got to do that again. God is good. All the time. God is good. All the time. So most of that I do for myself just to get the energy up. Um, but uh, it's good to see everyone here and it's good to uh, stand before you humbly uh, to convey God's word and to speak out of the scriptures. And, uh, and it's also just good to see um, God's people come together and all of our diversity, our backgrounds, our different backgrounds, um, that what unifies us is Jesus Christ. Amen. So we're continuing in our series in the epistles of John. We're in 1 John, and uh, we're in chapter 2, verse 24 through 29. Uh, last week we read uh, out of chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. Um, and so I'm just going to read from 24 through 29, but there's a chunk in between those two for, uh, from last week's passage and today's passage, but I'll fill it out in the background. But let me just start with reading the scripture. Beginning 1 John chapter 2, 24 through 29. As for you, what you heard from the beginning must remain in you. If what you heard from the beginning remains in you, you will also remain in relationship to the Son and in the Father. This is the promise that he himself gave us, eternal life. Write these things to, uh, I write these things to you about those who are attempting to deceive you. As for you, the anointing that you receive from him remains on you, and you don't need anyone to teach you the truth. But since his anointing teaches you about all things, it's true and not a lie. Remain in relationship with him just as he taught you. And now, little children, remain in relationship to Jesus so that when he appears, we can have confidence and not be ashamed in front of him when he comes. If you know that he is righteous, you also know that every person who practices righteousness is born from him. This is the word of the Lord. Um, so everybody say, go back to your roots. Go back to your roots. Go back to your roots. So I remember uh, the first time that I went back home uh, to Hawaii to, uh, I'm Korean, I'm second generation Korean American. My parents were immigrants from Korea. And... Uh, so we grew up eating certain types of foods and speaking Korean in the home. And, um, and then growing up, uh, I kind of had a light switch, right? A light switch of identity inside me. At home, we ate kimchi. Our breast smelled of garlic. And at school, we tried to you know, eat, eat, eat the gum and spray our mouth so that no one could smell the garlic and the kimchi in our breath, right? And uh, if our parents said, oh, let me let me come to school and, and support you in the sporting. I'd be like, no, that's okay, mom. That's okay, dad, right? I, I'll be fine, right? Because I'd be so embarrassed if they actually came, right? And so there was this, this switch, right? Me at home and me at school. And so when I went off to college, uh, I was away from home completely. And so I was excited because I got to kind of develop uh, this other side of me, right? This identity uh, outside of this immigrant home, outside of Korean-American, outside of, you know, uh, speaking Korean, eating kimchi, eating weird food, and got to discover myself in the dominant culture at college. Uh, and um, so the first time that I went back, uh, I remember that my parents started nitpicking little things like, 
aren't you gonna, you know, bow when you say hello to us? Or you're not saying thank you or sir or ma'am anymore. Or all these kind of customs or things that were polite, I wasn't saying anymore. And instead of uh, the rice and kimchi they were serving, I was like, you have any mac and cheese? And then my dad was like, what? Mac and cheese? No way. And, and so my dad sat me down and was like, what's going on? Right? You got to remember what? Remember your roots. Right? Don't you remember where you came from? Don't you remember how we raised you? Don't you remember what we taught you? And you're going around without any courtesy, without any respect, you know, just talking to us like we're friends. Maybe you shouldn't go off to college again. We're not going to pay for college, right? I'm like, oh, oh. But what I realized is that distance had grown uh, larger, right? I was becoming something um, that was a little different than uh, what had developed at home, right? And in college, there's so many influences. There's so many friends. There's so many new experiences, Right? There's all the parties that happen, all the people that you talk to, all the dates you can go on, people from New York, people from East Coast, West Coast, from the South, right? You couldn't, uh, not everyone was a Christian. Everyone had different beliefs and philosophies. Some people didn't believe in God. Some people believed in a God, but not in a personal God. And so all of these late night conversations, all of these things happening, there were, um, Rich people, poor people, right? People from the hood, people from Bellevue, right? All of those things. And it was different. It was exciting. And college was a time of figuring things out, trying to find my identity, trying to find, figure out what I was all about. And here I come back home and my father's like, remember your roots, right? Remember your roots. So as he hit the second chapter in John, verses 24 through 29, John, uh, first John is attributed to, uh, traditionally to John the Evangelist, uh, also the John who wrote the Gospel of John. Uh, that's up in the air, but we'll just say John wrote, is the author. Uh, the, John the Evangelist is speaking to the church, uh, probably in Ephesus, and a group of churches that are connected uh, to him, um, that he's a leader over. And he's an older man. He's late in his life. And he's speaking. He's writing these letters to the churches, to a group of churches. And he says, little children. Right? Little children is how he addresses the people multiple times. So you imagine this older, you know, white-haired, you know, or salt-and-pepper-haired uh, gentleman who was an actual apostle of Jesus Christ, an actual witness to uh, Jesus, his death, his ministry, his resurrection, speaking to this church. And the context is, if you remember the background that we talked about, is a group of people had come out of the churches. Um, and these people were now coming back into the communities, the churches around that are connected to John, to spread lies about who Christ really was. They denied that Jesus Christ was truly the Messiah. They denied that he was truly the son of God. And they denied, they underplayed uh, that he came down as human flesh, that he came down as a human. Um, and they denied that Jesus' death on the cross was real 
and on behalf of humanity, on behalf of everyone. So Jesus, not the Messiah, not the Son of God, did not come down in the flesh, did not die on the cross to save us. So this first letter of John was written um, as a refutation of this group, right? To say, this group who's now coming back and trying to teach you about these lies, about who Jesus isn't, uh, let me tell you, they're wrong, they're off. So that's purpose number one of the letter. And purpose number two of the letter is to encourage those in the church who are remaining. Remember your roots. Remember what you, a phrase that's often repeated. Remember what you have heard from the beginning. Remember the word that you heard from the beginning. Remember the gospel that you received from the beginning. Remember your roots, right? Because the people are confused. They're hearing different things from the left and from the right. This is who Jesus is. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be the church. And they're also living in a world where they are being swayed to and fro by different philosophy, by different uh, ways of living. And so they're confused, and John wants to affirm them and encourage them and remind them, right, what it means to be children of God, right? That to be children of God, to follow the gospel, to believe in Jesus Christ, to know God and to know Jesus is not just an intellectual knowledge. It's not just the latest philosophy, right? It's not just some spiritual uh, hype of ecstasy, right? You've achieved this knowledge, right? That's completely disconnected from loving neighbor and loving the community around you. Just like this spiritual ecstasy, you've reached, right? A knowledge of the word, the logos. And John is saying, no, remember your roots. Abide or remain is in this version of the, in this translation. Remain, abide, it's the Greek word meno. Remain, remain, remain in Jesus. Remain in God. Remain in the word and the truth uh, that you heard from the beginning. <clears throat> so uh, from chapters 2, uh, verses 12 through 23, right before the passage I just read, um, I'm just going to sum it up. He goes through some reminders, right? This is what it means to remember your roots, to go back to your roots. Don't forget that, one, your sins have been forgiven in Jesus' name. You have been forgiven, and Jesus Christ did a work, right? Jesus died for our sins to forgive us, and you can't deny that work. That's like at the core of who Jesus, why Jesus came was to love us through his saving work, or a, a, another word is atonement. Jesus saved us and forgave us. So we have forgiveness in Jesus' name. John is also saying, do not forget you have known the one who was, has existed from the beginning. This person, you've met him. You've met God. You've met God through Jesus Christ. And this person that you know is the one who's been there since the beginning of all time, the God of the universe. You know the Father. Remember that. And remember, you are strong. 
you have already conquered evil, right? These are things that are past tense, right? This has happened. And the word of God, there's that word, it abides in you. It remains in you. And so he further goes on to say, uh, here's a litmus test, right? Here's some litmus tests. Whoever loves the world does not have the Father in them, right? If I love the world, then the Father is not in me. You can't have a heart divided, right? You can't be going and saying this and doing this and be saying, I'm about God. God's in my life. And the world uh, and its fickle cravings and desires and drives and ambitions are passing away. Ultimately, everything in this world is passing away. Right? But whoever does the will of the Father, whoever abides with the Father, will live forever. Whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ does not have the Father. If you're saying, like these people who are teaching false teachings, that Jesus right, is not the Christ, is not the Messiah, then you don't know the Father, because the Father sent Jesus, right? This was a part of the Father's plan. This was a part of the Father's love for the world, to send His Son, Jesus. And if you deny that Jesus is the Messiah and the Christ, then you don't know God. And so these people uh, who are going out and teaching you these things, they don't know God. And then finally, uh, whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. So there's this connection. Right? He's continuing to kind of push this connection between God, the Father, and Jesus, and then the people. Right? If you know Jesus, you know God. Because God knows Jesus, and Jesus knows God. So if you know Jesus, then you know God. Right? One big happy family. Right? Remember your roots. Go back to your roots. Don't forget. Don't forget. So... Uh, we bought a home last summer. It's almost been a year, right? And before that, we were renting. And when you're renting from an apartment, it's so awesome, right? Because there's people that do the landscaping, and, like, everything's nice and trimmed, right? And they take out, you just have to dump the trash in the chute or whatever or take it to the garbage room. But everything else is taken care of, right? But when you own a home... There's no one to do that for you, right? And so that was like mind-blown for me. And when you first go and look at the house when it's for sale, everything's nice, right? They probably hired someone to trim all the edges. All the shrubberies are trimmed, right? They even planted flowers along the walkways, and they're like blooming, and it's like all these colorful colors, and you're like, this place is so beautiful! Wow! Wow! And then, so it's great, but a year later, after all the rain and like everything's being like in the growing and lush, there's all these weeds, right? Everything's going crazy in my yard. I'm like, what? What? I have to do something. And so there's these rhododendrons, right? Isn't that the state flower, rhodes? Or something else. Yeah, rhododendrons are the state flowers. And they, when they bloom, they're beautiful. There's these pink flowers or other colored flowers. But when they're not flowers, they're just these scraggly bushes, right? It's like my hair when I wake up in the morning. And our roadies were out of control, right? And so I tried to look up on Google how to prune roadies. And so, oh, you got to cut this, this, and this is how you should cut them. 
Uh, and then in one article it said, in a rare special occasion, you can cut the under branches of the roadie and make it look like a tree. And my neighbor has one like that. It kind of looks like a small tree and the branches are up at top. So it likes a small flowering tree. I'm like, huh, I can do this with this one, right? So I start hacking away, right? And so it looks like a tree, but then like a week later, all the flowers are falling off and everything was dying. I was like, oh my gosh, right? Please, you know, the hope is that when you prune and cut off the branches, you're taking away things that are sucking away from the energy in the soil, right, from the roots. Uh, other branches that don't need to be there are taking away energy, and if you cut that, that energy, that extra energy, essentially, this is how it works in my head, can go to the other branches that you want to grow and want to flower. And, and so there's this one trunk, but roadies have all different kinds of trunks, so I was like, I just want one trunk, so I'm like hacking, hacking, right? So there's one trunk now, trying to make it into a tree, right? And so I'm like, remember your roots, <laughs> right? Remember your roots, branches. Go back to the soil where the water and the nutrients are and drink and give life and gain life and grow again. Remember your roots. Remain, abide, right? Abide in the vine. Right, so in our, in our passage, um, the word remain uh, is used six times in just this short section. Remain, 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 remain. Six times the word is repeated. Remain in the message, the words you heard from the beginning. If you remain in this word, you will remain in relationship with Jesus. Remain in the anointing of the Holy Spirit that you receive because the Spirit will continue to teach you the truth. Remain, remain, remain in relationship. I love that word. This is common English Bible. In 28, and now little children, remain in relationship to Jesus. Right? In relationship to Jesus. I'm trying to teach my eight-year-old son how to ride a bike. And so first we started off on our driveway, which has kind of got a de decline. And I said, don't pedal, just lift up your feet and just roll down the driveway, right? Just get used to moving and balancing. And then later we're like, roll down the driveway and take a ride on the street and start pedaling once you have momentum. And so he, he can do the roll down the driveway and he can turn into the street um, but then he starts losing momentum, right? And I'm like, pedal, pedal. And he's just, you know, he does it. He pedals for a while and then stops. And I'm like, you have to keep pedaling. You have to keep pedaling. And that's the, that's the nature of relationships, right? Relationships move. You can take a snapshot, right, and put it on Instagram, right? Put it on Facebook, put it on Snapchat of an instant, Right? of what happened, like an awesome party, right? The first kiss, the first dance at a wedding, but, right? The relationship moves on from that instant. We go back and remember it, but the relationship keeps going because to keep relationships going, you have to keep pedaling, right? And that's the nature of relationships. You can't stay still, right? 
So in this sense, when we say remain, it doesn't mean remain in this and hold on to this rock of knowledge, right? The thing that you knew, right? That your brain knows. It means remain in Jesus daily. Walk alongside Jesus. Keep pedaling. Keep pedaling. To remain in Jesus means to remain in relationship with Jesus. And this is dynamic, right? It requires the Holy Spirit. It requires a life of prayer. It requires a study of scripture. It requires being in com- the community of faith and allowing people to speak into your life and to, to speak into other people's life and to ask for prayer and to pray for others. It means to have a life of discipleship, right? It means to actually stop and listen to the, for the voice of God in your life and to be open to what the Spirit is doing. That is what it means to remain in relationship with Jesus, to remain in the truth that the Holy Spirit is teaching us, has taught us, right? And to remain in God. Amen. Are you with me? Your identity is in Christ. Remain in his identity. It's not facts and intellectual discourse. It's not some Gnostic, mystical, heightened awareness. It's Jesus, the Son of God, the Word made flesh. Touch, feel, walk alongside, remain in, grow in relationship with the Savior of the world who loves you. And when I was kind of reading through our section, our passage, uh, this remain, 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 abide, 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 I was like, where have I heard that before? And if you remember in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, the fourth Gospel, uh, all that I am the vine stuff. You remember that stuff? Uh, I'm just going to read John 15, 5 through 8. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me. Actually, we should say, I am the roadie. And you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything. If you don't remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But if you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified when you produce much fruit, and this way prove that you are my disciples. Remain in Christ. Remain Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you so much uh, for your word, uh, that your word um, is alive and breathing, and that it breathes and lives among us, and that we have received this word, and through your spirit we've received the knowledge of who you are, and we've received all the truth that we need to receive um, when we receive your message. And I pray that uh, the times that we forget, the times when uh, maybe we doubt, uh, we're swayed uh, to the left or to the right uh, by temptations or desires or ambitions um, that are not of you, that we can remember our roots, that we can remember where we came from, and we can remember where we truly are where our true source of life is, where we gain life. 
that we can remember our roots and drink of your life, drink uh, of who you are uh, and abide in you. Thank you uh, for this community. Thank you um, that uh, we are your church and your body on earth. In your name we pray.